Julio Jones has officially been traded for a haul of first round picks, which does not include a first. Julio will spend the rest of his contract on the Tennessee Titans. This will give the Titans one of the best offenses in the NFL. Their solid offensive line with Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown, now Julio Jones. There's one problem. One small, small, insignificant problem. Ryan Tannehill is still their quarterback. And as long as Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback, I don't think they're going to be able to win or compete at the highest levels in football. This move is the equivalent of parking three Lamborghinis in a, around a trailer home. Sure, he's got nice weapons, he's got a nice offensive line, but you need a good quarterback to compete at the highest level. And Ryan Tannehill just isn't that. And while Julio will help with that, <laughs> it doesn't matter in the end of the day. He's not going to be able to create enough of an advantage for Tannehill to be able to compete with guys like Brady, Mahomes, Allen, Jackson even. It's just not happening. The Titans are still going to be stuck getting blasted in the AFC Championship game game unfortunately first of all i don't see how you see Tannehill as the thing that's going to hold them back from them being an afc championship contender or even a super bowl contender in my opinion he's he could be a top 10 quarterback is definitely a top 12 to 13 quarterback so he's not a scrub it's not like he's daniel jones it's not like he's ben roethlisberger who have severe limitations in their game so far ben roethlisberger is probably better comparison because there's no bright side with or no possible future bright side with him i genuinely think him to the titans saves them from not being a playoff team if you take a look at what their offense was dealing with before adding him to the roster they lost johnny smith they lost Corey davis so they were going to have aj brown derrick henry and that's about it their tight end was going to be anthony ferkser their second best receiver was going to be someone like either i think uh, who is it? Josh Reynolds or Des Fitzpatrick. So it was going to be easier for teams to at least key on Derrick Henry running the ball and just doubling AJ Brown. And then we would have seen Ryan Tannehill struggle big time. Now they have two top 10 receivers, uh, the best rusher of the football in the NFL. It, I, it makes them a better team than the Colts by adding him to the roster. And it is crazy to me that they only had to give up a second, a fourth, and a sixth. How does a team like the Patriots not just give them a first round pick and then that makes the Patriots instant AFC East contenders definitely a deep playoff team I don't understand how they only gave up this type of compensation especially when they didn't have the cap they only had three million cap space this season so it's gonna be interesting what their cap situation is I guess they're gonna have to restructure some contracts or cut some players but I think this was a great move for the Titans out of them and the Patriots I think they're the two teams in the NFL that needed him the most the defense is a bigger question mark than Ryan Tannehill producing with these weapons I think it's something Tannehill can definitely do, especially since we saw him be a really good quarterback with Johnny Smith, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry as his weapons available. Well, I mean, you're saying that like he didn't get embarrassed in his last two must-win playoff games when the uh, defense just keyed completely in on Derrick Henry and said, okay, Ryan Tannehill, you can beat us if you want, and he didn't beat them. He couldn't beat the Chiefs, couldn't beat the Ravens. He's just not that guy. And add Julio as much as you want, Julio might not be able to make up for the total production of the pieces they lost but he will be able to get close may even exceed it but it's still ryan Tannehill who has failed multiple times in the biggest stage but getting back to the compensation for these picks how many teams do you think are kicking themselves right now that they didn't give up a first for julio jones any team which is on the precipice of competing for a championship and has the calf space probably wants to go back get a time machine and try and do that trade over again because julio jones even if he only has one or two good years of production left 
is worth more than a second round pick and a haul of picks, which might not even make the league. Julio Jones is worth at least a first and maybe some other compensation like a decent defensive player, but we'll have to see. I feel like if the Titans do manage to succeed, we're going to hear more and more about the narrative. Oh, all these teams, particularly the Patriots, particularly the Seahawks, wouldn't pull the trigger and send off a first for a future first bout Hall of Famer like Julio. With the Seahawks, it makes a little bit of sense, I guess, because they don't, uh, the first round picks they gave up for Jamal Adams, they probably not have first round picks for what would be the next three drafts, which is not a great situation if they're them. So you can kind of see the argument to be made there, especially when they have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But if you're Bill Belichick and the Patriots, how did you not make at least the same offer that the Titans did or slightly better give up a second, a third, and a fourth? <laughs> That's better than what the Titans gave them. And you had 15 million cap space, so I'm sure it would have been easier for them to fit his contract into their cap space. I don't even know how the Titans are going to pull it off. It's going to be interesting. Although cap space is fake so i guess it doesn't really matter it's all fake tristan it's all fake but let us know what you think does this make the titans a contender i don't think so does this make every other team who is in the conversation for julio look like a bunch of idiots i do think so well i didn't think they were a playoff team before this and i think it definitely makes them a playoff team and derrick henry makes pretty much any team a playoff team particularly if they've got a decent offensive line this makes them like a fringe 12 13 win team which gets blasted in the second round of afc championship but moving on so it this been some discussion in the Steelers with Big Ben that he's going to kind of revitalize his career somewhat with Matt Canada as the new offensive coordinator. And I would like to point out no amount of ingenuity, innovativeness, or maybe it would be simplicity can save Ben Roethlisberger's career from crashing and burning. The Berlin Wall as his offensive line would not help him. And unfortunately for him, the current offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. I don't care what kind of talent they drafted. It doesn't exist. I don't care if Najee Harris is the next coming of Christ. Big Ben will still throw interceptions. He will still make costly turnovers and is still going to lead the Steelers to a top 10 pick next draft. They're going to be the third best team in their division, falling behind the Browns whose roster is loaded. The Ravens made moves to make sure they are still good next season and they probably have the worst offense in the division unless Joe Burrow struggles coming off injury, which definitely could happen. And they're just a young team in general. When you have the fourth best quarterback in your division and are a bottom 15 QB, you are not going to succeed. The Steelers suck and their fans are worse. You're really going to make me defend Big Ben here. I hate the Steelers fans as much as everybody else, but maybe I don't hate them as much as you because you've clearly been traumatized by their impact on your comment section on TikTok. Big Ben's not a top level quarterback anymore, but acting like he's some bottom feeder, bit of a stretch. His IQ and simplicity in particular, he's been in the NFL for what, 16, 17 years, same draft class as Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers. He's not an idiot. He doesn't need a dumbed down simple offense to succeed. And he's got the weapons around him where he's at least going to be able to put up decent numbers. But he, for all intents and purposes, is going to be a game manager because the Steelers defense and the Steelers run game, assuming they lean more heavily on it, should be enough to chew clock and get them the wins they need. But saying he's the fourth best quarterback in the division, that feels like maybe a bit of an overstretch. I know he's old. I know he's declining, even though it's not statistically declining. He's gotten worse. But let's have a little bit of faith here. He's two years removed from strangling a salami every single minute of the offseason. He got rid of his addictions, (laughs) and now he's fully working through that. I think that might be one of those two-year injuries, like an ACL. You get the better results the second you're coming back. Maybe like the excessive meat choking, two years removed will be the uh, difference. But you saying 
worked out the kinks in his elbow. Absolutely. But you saying he's a bomb 15 quarterback is a bit much. Like, first bout Hall of Famer threw for like, what, 33 touchdowns, close to 4,000 yards last year. And he wasn't even, he barely was in the double digits in the interception. He still makes some mistakes and now throws receivers under the bus on local talk shows, but he's not going to single-handedly dismantle the Steelers organization. They're going to be just fine. They're at least going to win nine games and compete for a wild card spot. You acting like they're going to be a bottom feeder. Come on now. I mean, they're going to compete for a top 10 pick. That's what they're going to be competing for. You're, you're a hater. <laughs> I will say that the people who think they're going to win 12, 13 games are delusional. Big Ben's not that low of a quarterback and that offensive line's not good enough to uh, protect him. Who knows though? They drafted a center in the third round. I've been told they'll fix all their woes. You never know. You never know. People who don't pay attention to our TikTok comment section have no idea why we're being vindictive about this. The Steelers fans have been telling Tristan and I that we are wrong for saying drafting Najee Harris was the one of the poorest decisions they can make with their first round pick. And they've been saying the Steelers are going to be atop the AFC this upcoming season. Neither of us particularly agree with that. Moving on though from that toxic fan base, a team which will be atop their respective division is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because for the second time in Tom Brady's career, it is clear that he has the best team in football. The Buccaneers are the reigning Super Bowl champions and clearly the team to be going into 2021. And normally when you win a Super Bowl, you lose bits and pieces in free agency. It's not the same team coming back. For the first time, I think ever, at least in my memory, this team didn't really lose any big pieces. They are basically the same squad, which went 8-0 8-0 to finish their season, including a trouncing of the Chiefs and Packers in the NFC Championship game at Super Bowl. This is an all-time great team in the making, and they have a very easy schedule. They get to play the NFC East this year. That's four free wins. Their division is somewhat falling apart with Drew Brees' retirement and the Panthers doing whatever they're doing, and Julio getting traded to the Titans. So that's another six wins I could see them easily getting. And the only really elite opponent I think they have to worry about is the Bills. But they get to play the Bills at home when the Bills' biggest advantage of playing in November, in December, late in the year in Buffalo is completely mitigated by that Tampa Bay weather. I could see this team running the table and going a perfect 17-0 and securing the one seed head in the playoffs. I think the Buccaneers, I express many of the same sentiments. I think at the bare minimum, they are a 13-win team. Now it is a 17-game season, so that would be four losses. I went through their schedule. I really only see around four to five possible losses. And for the Bucs to get worse next season, it really would take Tom Brady falling off the cliff that Kellerman is always talking about. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Devin White. They still have Levante David. They still have all those key pieces. It would take injuries to two or three of those guys to have to make them a worse team and make them not the clear best team in their division because we also don't know what we're going to be getting from Drew Brees and the Saints. The Falcons clearly are rebuilding when trading away Julio Jones. Now Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley are their offensive weapons. You know, relying on a tight end to be productive this year generally does not happen. Rookie tight ends in general, particularly those selected in the first round have had a tendency to crash and burn in recent years. Ironically, I think Evan Ingram is one of the few to have a decent rookie season. (laughs) And we saw how that went. (laughs) Exactly. And with the Panthers, will Sam Darnold continue to be seeing ghosts? It's it's up to debate how good the Panthers can be. It's based on how good Sam Darnold decides he's able to play. And like you said, the Bills, the Colts, they do have to play the Rams, which is going to be a super tough game for them, especially with their defense. And now Matt Stafford, how he fits into that system, how he's able to work with, uh, what's his, the head coach's name? Sean McVay. Well, it's the, Sean McVay. I believe week three is when they play the Rams. So 
that benefits him a little bit. They haven't quite fully gelled. Because you'll remember last offseason, no camps, nothing like that. They have camp this year, but it took Brady until, like, what, week 12, week 13 to really get the offense down? Matthew Stafford, great quarterback, has an offseason to learn it. But it's going to take some time for him to adjust and get into the Matt Stafford level of play we're all accustomed to. So playing them early in the year, that helps. It helps, but it's still a tough game. Like, they, But they're, the toughest games are going to be the Bills, Colts, Rams, Dolphins. Those are for the games I could see them losing if I'm going to assume the worst they feel like the biggest playoff lock in recent NFL history to me now when it comes to them in a Super Bowl conversation I kind of doubt they'll make a Super Bowl push because when you look at their playoff run last year they got to play the legendary Taylor Heineke in the first round they got to play the Saints with noodle arm Drew Brees for the third time that season they were bound to figure out a way to shut them down the third time around the Packers were their toughest game and full credit to them for beating them but it feels like three play if three plays went the other way the game could have been a different story if that touchdown to what is scotty miller doesn't happen at the end of the first half could be a wildly different game then they also got to play the chiefs who had mike remmers as their best tackle in the super bowl and they were able to get home with a four-man pass rush because they had jpp and shaq barrett coming off the edge i think this time around i would like to believe teams will be more healthy they're going to be able to give the buccaneers a better game maybe the rams are world beaters and they're able to capture the playoffs so they don't catch him during the regular season maybe Danny Pennies turns into Danny Dimes someone is going to be someone is going to be on the top of their game this time around when they meet the Bucks in the playoffs in my opinion well, look, the question isn't if it's going to be a team in the division, a team in the FC North because the Packers are imploding right now. It's certainly not going to be a team in the NFC East. Your question is if the Rams, 49ers, or Seahawks, and let's be real, the San Francisco 49ers or the Rams are going to be able to beat Buccaneers in the playoffs. Because Seahawks don't really have a defense which can stop Tom Brady and his weapons, but those two teams I mentioned can. And those are really the uh, NFL world's only hope to see Tom Brady not go back-to-back. That would be very... What do you do if you're Bill Belichick in that situation? That you... What do you mean Bill Belichick? You mean Brady? No, I mean if you're Bill Belichick, that you are uh, the widely acclaimed best coach ever, and then suddenly your star quarterback leaves, he wins two Super Bowls in a row on his new team, and you're struggling, you're a borderline playoff team at the best me. How does that affect your legacy? Probably not too good for it. <laughs> Is he no longer the GOAT? Is the GOAT now Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys? Uh, he never was the GOAT, much like someone else. And that has been the podcast let us know what you think about the despicable Steelers fan base let us know what you think if the Bucks have a chance at going undefeated do you think they're going to repeat as Super Bowl champions subscribe to our YouTube channel our podcast is also available on other listening platforms check it out on Spotify like the video and we will see you in the next one on Monday probably they're going to be getting posted at 11 a.m 12 p.m Eastern Standard Time peace out